I'm Michelle Schaefer, and you're listening to another episode of Sold Out Entrepreneur. I have a story to tell. I'm going to share how I went from a 16-year-old teen mom to millionaire, divorced with two kids, putting myself through school, and working multiple jobs just to make ends meet. The odds were certainly against me, but I never lost my hope, I never lost my faith, and I never lost my dream. I'm going to help you build your faith, have big dreams, and build big teams. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. This is episode four, and this topic today is something that, gosh, it's been on my heart like crazy, complacency. I am going to talk to you today about complacency and its effects and what it's doing to all of us. Literally, I don't think anybody is not being affected by complacency. So before I kind of get into this, I want to ask you a question. Do you watch the television show, the series called The Walking Dead? Okay. Over here at our house, we've been watching it since season one. We kind of like happened upon it on accident when we were living in Florida and, you know, life was very, very stressful. And then we just happened upon this television show one night and we kind of got wrapped up in it. So we've been watching it since the beginning. And I have to tell you, Bobby, my husband, he's like, he loves the show. He loves the show, The Walking Dead so much. I mean, we of course, DVR it. I've bought him all the, the previous seasons. He's got some of the like fan merchandise and big fans, big fans of the show. He even likes the, the spinoff show. Well, the premise of the show is like an apocalyptic, like there was a virus that happened and, you know, people got really, really sick and they died, but then they came back to life, but they were just this kind of shell of a person. They looked like a person, but they really weren't alive. So they call them the walking dead. It's really creepy and it's a great storyline, great characters, very creepy, <laughs> the, the premise of the story. But, you know, the thing that's, that, that I wanted to bring to your attention is in this show, okay, so, you know, you, you have obviously characters in the show that get affected and infected by the virus, and so they, you know, they die, but, but they're not dead. They're still alive. And so you see these people, and it's, your sister, your friend, your spouse, somebody that you had created a life with that you loved so much, you know, maybe you had children with them, you have memories, maybe it was a sibling and you grew up with them and they look, they're that person, that's who they are, but they're not, they're empty. The person that they were has died, but you're looking at them, but there's nothing on the inside. Why am I bringing this up? Because I'll tell you what, it really, really makes me sad that I walk around and, you know, doing my daily things, going to the grocery store, going to church. We were just at Disneyland for a couple of days and I walk around and I look at people's faces and they look to me like the walking dead. You know, we live in Southern California and traffic is just like a part of our lives. And if I, if you ever sat in traffic, or I do this, I sit in traffic and I look at the people in the cars, you know, to my left and to my right and in my rear view mirror. And I look at their faces and it, they're the walking dead. They just look blank. They look sad and empty to me. 
Now, mind you, traffic probably isn't the greatest example because I think we all wish we were dead when we were in traffic. It's terrible, right? In Southern California, it can be so bad. So maybe not a good example, but you're, you're catching my drift, right? I want to talk to you about complacency. And, and really, the title of this podcast is Complacency Kills. It sounds so violent, doesn't it? When I talk, complacency, let's, here's the definition, okay, of what complacency is. It's a feeling of quiet pleasure or security, often while unaware of some potential danger. So here you are at home watching your favorite television show and just being, you know, just quiet and happy and oblivious to what is about to happen, to some danger that is, you know, some impending doom that is coming your way. I think that there are so many people that are living like this right now. I'm going to give you two other definitions because all I'm going to use these three words interchangeably during this podcast, complacency, apathy, and indifference. Here's the definition of apathy. It's the absence or suppression of passion, emotion, or excitement. It's a lack of interest in or concern for things that others find moving or exciting. Oh my gosh, this one. I, I just I could I could really get fired up about this one because okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into it yet. I'm gonna give you one more definition because I'm starting to get myself excited. Okay, indifference. Indifference. Here's the definition of indifference. It's a lack of interest or concern. Unimportance of lit you have literally have little or no concern. Just you're just indifferent. You you're void of emotions, um, and that's just oh my gosh, it makes me sad. Okay, so I want to talk to you about this because I'm going to refer to several things. I'm going to refer to you in your business or your job. I'm going to refer to your relationships, whether it be with a significant other, whether it be with a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, your children, your best friends, your business partners. I am, if you haven't already learned this about me, I'm a very passionate person and I am moved by passion. Matter of fact, I was talking on a call yesterday and I said, I would rather listen to somebody who's passionate talking about dirt than listen to somebody, you know, this renowned speaker who's up talking about, you know, even the Bible or anything. Because when somebody is passionate, when they when they really believe in what they say and something is coming from their heart, it moves me. It moves me on a cellular level, okay? And gosh, I feel like people are so apathetic (laughs) now and indifferent. And I don't believe that we were made for this complacency. I don't believe that we were made to live this lackluster life. Just look at children, okay? Have you ever, gosh, we're so lucky we have so many different um, things like YouTube and things on social media where you can watch all these videos and just get a glimpse into people's lives. And one of the ones that I love the most are the ones with children where they're laughing, like belly aching laughing. And have you ever watched one of those? And you don't know what they're laughing about because the video is just showing them laughing. And tell me that you don't start laughing with them. You, of course you do. Like I laugh till I cry when I see that it makes me so happy and whatever it is that was bringing these little tiny human beings so much pleasure and so much joy, it's literally had an effect on me through the screen (laughs) that I'm looking at to see them. It's contagious. The laughter is contagious. And 
you know, it's just, that is, that's how God created us. We were created to be joyful and to be passionate and live these lives that have an effect on other people. But what has happened today in, in our world is the vast majority of people are indifferent. They're indifferent to the plights of people in other countries that are suffering. They're indifferent in their homes, in their relationships. They're indifferent with their careers and their jobs. They're just going through the motions like the walking dead. Just these shells of people that walk in and out of their lives every day, doing the do, doing all the things, you know, they're getting stuff done, but they're doing it in this like stupor. And it makes me really sad. I was thinking about, um, you know, different speakers I've listened to and, and what is it that I like to listen to? Well, like I said, I like to listen to people that are excited and passionate and, you know, when I am listening to somebody, the, the, the authentic joy or, you know, even if it's anger, the authentic emotion that is coming from them is something that really has an effect on me. It's so much different than listening to just somebody lecture words off of a page because it's what they're supposed to do versus somebody that is really sharing something with you because they're so excited about it. You know, and I was reading um, these different articles before I did this podcast. And one of the things talked about, you know, just complacency in life. And it was talking about, you know, when you're young, you, you do what you're supposed to do, right? You followed the rules. You got good grades in high school so that you could get into a good college and you got a great education in college and you got a degree so that you could go out and get a job. And you start this job, this young, you know, you're, you're just starting your life. You're young. You've got hopes and dreams and expectations and you, you know, you get into the, the routine, the routine of the job and you day in, day out, you have task, you know, you've complete the task and you get on to the next task and week after week, month after month, year after year. And finally you kind of like become aware of maybe the system that you're in and you realize that maybe becoming the CEO by the time that you're 30 is not something that's going to happen. So you become a little, you know, you become a little less passionate. And then you just start to despise the place that you're at because you realize that in order to move up to the place that you dreamed of, you either had to sacrifice all of your life, basically, your time. You had to become somebody that you weren't. You had to, you know, do things that really gave you no quality of life. And then you just fall into this pattern of, just going to work, doing, biding your time. I'm just, you know, I'm doing what I need to do to get a paycheck. It can happen in relationships, you know, when you first fall in love, it's, oh my goodness, it's exciting and it's amazing. And the emotions are so high and just seeing the person that you have fallen in love with, just, (laughs) you're just giddy. You have that little nervous butterflies in your stomach. You know, and then you, let's just fast forward through the dating process and you get to know each other better. You learn each other's habits and routines and little pet peeves. Then you get married and you live together 
And, you know, day in and day out, you're in just the pattern of living where you go to work and you come home and you pay the bills and you go to work and you come home and you pay the bills. And you just kind of live in this autopilot routine. And it seems that what happens over time is that these routines create indifference. They create apathy, where the things that you used to be excited and dream about just kind of start to fade away, which leads to complacency, right? It's this quiet place of pleasure, and you have literally no ability to see the danger that is hidden right around the corner. And what's the danger? The danger in a relationship is that, you know, you as a partner, a spouse, a friend, really begin to feel uh, unappreciated, unloved, in the humdrum. You know, why do you think people have affairs? It's because somebody made them feel special. That's, That's a big part of it. They felt special and important and like they were a priority. And maybe they stopped feeling like that at home because of indifference, routine, apathy. It's my belief that what causes this is a lack of hope and a lack of vision. When you're in a routine for so long, you know, and you're just doing the same things over and over again, it just becomes, it becomes a habit. It becomes something that you don't even think about. It's just autopilot, like I said. It's, and so you start to think, oh, well, you know, I'm, this is good. I'm happy where I'm at. I don't need to push for that dream anymore. And your vision starts to fade. What was your vision when you were a child for your life? And as you started to get older through your your years of high school, what did you envision your life being like? And, And the age that you're at now, however old or young you believe that you are, are you where you thought you'd be? Uh, For most people, the answer to that is no. For me, the answer to that is no. You know, life happens, things happen, and we we just start to uh, put our dreams, you know, in the in the drawer, and we shut the drawer, and then things get piled on top of it, and we forget. The Bible says, "Without hope, the people perish." Without hope, the people perish. Hope is one of the most dangerous things (laughs) out there in the world for the enemy of your soul. Hope. He does not want you to have hope for your future. No, he does not. He wants you apathetic. He wants you indifferent. He wants to suppress your passion, suppress your emotion. He wants you to have a lack of interest a lack of concern. He wants you quietly happy, unaware of the danger. And the danger is really around you in every area when it comes to complacency and passion and living life with joy. I'm sad when I see people that just are, you know, staring blankly. When I go to church, maybe this is a bad habit. (laughs) 
<laughs> but when I go to church, I have this um, habit of looking around at the other people in the service with me. And I look at their faces and I look at their eyes. Some are yawning. Some are actually dozing off. Some are looking at their phones. Some are staring at the stage as if they're in like, we call it a food stare. <laughs> you know, after you eat, you start, you go into a carb coma or something and you're just staring off into the distance. I see no passion. I see no life in their eyes and it makes me sad. And it kind of makes me mad. I want to stand up and I want to slap them and shake them around and say, wake up. Do you, do you understand how dangerous you are to the enemy when you are fully awake? When you are excited about anything? Do you understand the power that is inside of you that God put there? that the enemy wants to quiet and cover up with the daily routines of life. His only goal is to keep you down. You know, in, in my profession in network marketing, we talk a lot about casting vision for people. And we cast vision of, you know, the, the ability to enjoy a life where finances are just a non-issue anymore. That's one of the things that I worked so hard for. I wanted to take the money conversation out of the conversations that I was having. I didn't want to have money be a hindrance to anything that I wanted to do or enjoy in life. I don't worship money. I don't love money, but I know that money can be used as a tool, right? How can I help support missions? How can I help my family members, my children, if I am broke myself, right? I can't. So I wanted to take that conversation out and just know that, you know, God provided enough that I would be able to help other people when I needed to and how I felt him lead because I had the ability to do that. And I'm very, I'm very humbled and grateful to having that ability. Um, so I want to talk to you about that, right? Okay, so Proverbs one thirty two says, for the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. Here's another one. Revelation 3, chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Complacency. Here's another one. Proverbs 13, verse 4. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. I really feel like that's one of the reasons that God created a sloth, so we would have an example of something that did nothing. <laughs> They're cute, though. Aren't they cute? But they just don't, like, I don't think they serve a purpose on the earth. Do you know that you were born to serve a purpose on this earth? You. You were born for something. You were created for something that only you can do in your beautiful, unique way, you. And complacency and apathy and lack of passion is where the enemy wants to keep you. So that dream, that purpose, 
that was woven inside of you on a cellular level from the moment that you were conceived is covered up and put away and hidden so that not only do you not see it, but all of the people that were predestined to be affected by you lose that. The enemy wins when you are complacent in your life. The enemy wins when you have a lack of interest or concern in your life. The enemy wins when you are complacent in your marriage and you stop looking at the person that you have decided to build a life with like they are a miracle too. When you stop appreciating every little thing that they do, when you stop trying to woo them, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's not like dating like those days, but it's important to continue to, men, it's important that you continue to pursue your wife and women. It's important to continue to make your, your husband feel important and valued and respected. I don't care how long you've been married. Being complacent will, will turn that, that beautiful relationship that God created between two people to, to engage in life together, right? To create intimacy and to leave a legacy and to, to spread and share God's love for us within the family unit, because we're teaching our families about who God is in the way that we respond to our families. And when you're complacent and apathetic, And when you're indifferent and you're not passionate about them, what are you teaching and showing them? You have a purpose. What is it? Only you know. What's that dream that you have covered up for so long because maybe it looks hard? Maybe it seems impossible (laughs) at where you're at in your life, but it's still there, right? Like there there is something that when you think about it, your heart rate goes up <laughs> and you start to kind of feel alive again. <laughs> I, I'm moved by that. <laughs> I can feel it. When somebody's passionate, it makes me excited. It fires me up. It's, it's something that scares people and keeps them in that stupor that you're in. Are you in a stupor right now? If you're listening to this and it, you feel emotional when you're hearing it. You know, the response could be either, oh my gosh, I'm, this is me <laughs> and you're waking up. Or the other spon- response could be that this is really ticking you off and I'm, I'm upsetting you. I'm making you mad. And I'm okay with both of those responses because I want you to respond. I want that from you. We were created with this, this, a amazing miracle of a human body with this amazing brain that is capable of so much. I want you to feel the emotion because emotion can be the trigger that gets you to move one way or the other, right? And I know you're scared. You're scared of failing. You're scared of making the wrong decisions. You're scared of being uncomfortable. <laughs> you're scared of taking a risk because what if I take this risk and nothing happens? But nothing happens if you don't take the risk anyway, right? Like nothing happens if nothing happens. But what if you took a risk and something happened? Maybe it was different than you thought. 
but maybe it led you to the next step in the journey. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to wake up. Wake up. Wake up in your home with your children and your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your friends. Wake up in your business. Because the people, whether you are a small business owner working in corporate America, in network marketing like me, whatever it is that you do, let me just tell you something. The people that succeed and excel are not the ones that are sitting I, you know, idly by quietly in the corner. It's the ones that make the moves. It's the ones that take the risks. It's the ones that stand up and are loud. It's the most passionate ones about whatever it is that they're doing. Those are the people that make things happen. And, and I want to, I, I want to address something because there's a lot of talk about personalities. Well, that's not my personality. You know, I'm, I mean, I am quiet. <laughs> I, I'm an introvert. I can't do that. You're lying to yourself. I'm going to tell you right now that you are lying to yourself. There are plenty of people with introverted personality types that are quiet, maybe even shy, that have accomplished amazing things. I'm not going to go through the list, but there are several actors, very, very well-known actors, singers, people that perform. Their job is performing in front of people that are introverted and shy, but they developed a skill because they were passionate about it. So you, you're no longer, after you hear this, you are no longer allowed to hide behind the lie that your personality is stopping you from taking risk or making a change. I am going to tell you what's stopping you. The lies that you are believing and participating in. The lies that the enemy has fed you. Now, maybe you got fed this information from your parents. And if you did, I am so sorry. I am so sorry that from a young age you were told that, that's, that, that your dreams weren't okay or that you were dreaming too big or that you were too anything. I, I want you to know that I'm sorry. And I pray for you that you will forgive your parents for, for putting that inside of you because somebody put it inside of them first. You know, they didn't just make it up. Somebody put that lie inside of them. And again, it is the enemy's greatest desire that you believe the lie. He wants you to believe the lie that you're too much, not enough. You're too quiet. You're too loud. You're too ambitious. You're not ambitious enough. You're too energetic. You don't have enough energy. You're not smart enough. You're not tall enough. You're not pretty enough. All of those things are lies from the pit of hell that the enemy wants you to believe. But I am here telling you something from my heart of hearts that I know is, is truth because the word of God says it. You are perfect in his eyes. Every little quirk <laughs> and funny little thing about you was put in you on purpose. And that dream that you were born with, it was in you from the time that you were created in the womb was not by accident. I want you to wake up. I want you to take one step. I want you to say it out loud. Tell somebody. Share that dream. Put light on it. Stop keeping it hidden in the dark. Because there are people that are waiting for what only you can do for them. Do you get that? 
I can't do it for them. Somebody else can't do it. It was predestined. It's already been decided that people are going to be affected by you and you alone. I want to tell you something. Do you know how selfish it is to live a complacent, apathetic, indifferent life? I hate to tell you something. It is not about you. And staying in that place is a place of selfishness. Because you were designed and meant to do something in this world. And let me tell you something. You have everything you need right now to take the first step. Another, another lie that the enemy wants you to believe is you need to have a perfect plan before you can take the first step. And that is not true. If you listen to my last podcast about, you know, titled the, the best worst thing, I didn't have a plan every day. I took one step because I saw the one step in front of me. And then the next day I took the next step that was laid out before me and the next step. And do you know why I was able to do that? Because my hope didn't die. My hope was in the fact that it is promised to me in God's word that he has a plan for me that's for my good. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 through 14. And you probably have heard this before or seen it on a plaque or something. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. He's saying plans for good and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. That's what he says. He says, you don't have to know the plan that I have for you. I know the plan I have for you. And all you have to do is believe me. That's all you have to do is believe me. Believe that my plan is for your good and not for your evil. It is to give you a future and to give you hope. That is how I was able to take one step every day. Just one. Some days two, but one. That's all you need to do is take one. And vision. God gives you the ability to have a vision through his word. Now, it may not, you may not have the exact plan, right? But you may be drawn to something. There might be something that's kind of gnawing at you. Well, I've always kind of wanted to do this. Or if I could, I would love to do this. Or I just feel like I'm supposed to do this. I can't design that for you. You can though. And if you're not sure about it, pray. God, will he'll, he'll shed a light on it. And if you're not sure at all about anything, just take a step. Because here's one thing that I've, I know for sure, that when you take a step <laughs> and you're doing it with a pure heart, that even if it's the wrong step, he'll fix it for you. I've done that. I've taken many wrong steps because I made moves just in haste or, you know, emotion, uh, I was emotional and I, I made a move and it was the wrong move. And he loves us so much, he fixes it for us. He helps us to either see the error of our ways or opens a new door for us. Happens over and over. Complacency, it's a, sa- it's a sad thing when you drive around and, or just you're anywhere at the mall. We were at Disneyland. You know, here it's dubbed the happiest place on earth. I love Disneyland. It was really crowded. <laughs> it's never not crowded. But, you know, Disneyland was born from a man who had plenty of opposition. And if you read his story, it's very interesting. It's kind of sad, the things that he went through. But he never lost his vision. 
And, you know, he kept moving forward in the face of opposition and problems and, you know, awful circumstances and what would be perceived as failures by other people. But see, when, when you have a vision, it's not a failure. It's just a hurdle. It just means you have to make another move or figure out a solution, right? It's not a failure. If you have a clear vision and things don't go the way you plan, it doesn't mean you failed. It means that you are supposed to figure out a different way. Why? Why does that happen? Well, I don't know for sure, but here's what I think. I think that God is trying to uh, uh, build up certain muscles or skills or strengths inside of us that we can only learn through opposition and, and through trials, you know? Opposition comes. The minute you say, I'm going to take one step, I'm going to wake up from the stupor that I've been in in my life for the last year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, I'm going to wake up. The first thing the enemy does is goes, oh, no, you don't. You get back to that stupor. You can't do it. It's impossible, and here's why. And he is going to throw things in your path. Promise. It's not if, it's when. Be prepared mentally, emotionally. But I promise you, God will take care of you. He's going to help strengthen you. It's like a muscle, right? This hope that we have in our future, because it says it in God's word, it's a muscle. And the more you use it, the stronger it gets. And it gets more bold. And then you start to feel kind of excited about things again. And then you start to, oh my goodness, what is that? Is that passion? You start to feel passionate again. And then, oh my goodness, people around you, they start to wake up. Do you remember the game freeze tag? Do they still play that? I don't, I'm sure they still play that on the playground at school. Do you remember freeze tag? So you would get tagged and you'd be frozen. Did you guys see the movie? Um, oh gosh, I can't think of the name of it now. It's, uh, it was the lion, the witch and the wardrobe. <laughs> With Aslan, I can't even think of the name of it right now. Um, but when, when Aslan went and all the people that had been frozen by the white queen, they were frozen. They, they were statues. They literally turned to stone. He came and he just touched them. And the stone broke off of their bodies and they were awake. You guys, that is the power that you have when you wake up. When you wake up, People around you wake up. The stone breaks free of their bodies, their minds, their hearts, and they are awake too. It's the opposite of freeze tag. People are frozen and you go and you tap them and they wake up. But they can only wake up if you wake up first. Wake up. Wake up to the hope that is right before you. Wake up to the dreams that are in your heart laying dormant. Wake up to the feelings that you've been shoving down because it seems too hard or too risky. I love change. One of my favorite quotes, if nothing ever changed, there'd be no butterflies. Change is beautiful, you guys. It's hard. Change is hard, right? Let's think about giving birth. That's a change. You go into the hospital with this big belly and this little tiny human inside of you, and you come out with your baby, this a, a person that you've been growing. <laughs> and it's amazing, right? 
It hurts. Oh my goodness. That's probably one of the most painful things that you'll ever go through is the birth, you know, the, the birthing of this human being. But oh my God, oh my goodness. Was it worth it? Isn't it worth it? It hurt you. You it, Within a matter of moments, you're in the most immense pain you've ever been in in your life. And then they put him or her on your chest and instantly you've forgotten. And that is the beauty. That is the beauty of following God's path for your life and waking up out of the stupor. I really, really hope that this has touched something inside of you that was quiet and asleep. And I hope that you will turn this podcast off and I hope that you will take one step One step toward your future, one step toward the dream, one scary big step. And then I hope the next day you'll take another one and keep going. And I hope you don't ever stop taking steps in your life until the day that you're called home. Because this is a journey that we're on and there's really no there. Only God knows our job while we're here is to stay awake to stay passionate, and to help other people wake up along the way. I hope and pray that if you're enjoying these podcasts that you will subscribe to them. Um, It's also awesome if you feel inclined to rate and review them. You can find me on Facebook at Sold Out Entrepreneur. You can find me on Instagram, Sold Out Entrepreneur. And don't forget to go to my website, soldoutentrepreneur.com and sign up for emails. Until next time. 